MindZone Muscle Community, welcome to the Fitness Pro Mentors interview series. If you want to hear some amazing interviews from amazing fitness professionals all over the world, please join our Fitness Pro Mentors private Facebook group. But today, let's make it rain. Fitness Pro Mentors, welcome to another episode of the interview series. And I've been interviewing these exercise titans as you've seen. And right now, I have an exercise titan that's heavily influenced my entire career and pretty much everyone at my facility, Mr. Matthew James Bernier. Matt Bernier, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Good. If anyone's watching this now, you'll know we had some technological difficulties just a second ago, so we're kicking this thing off again because honestly, we want to bring you an amazing experience, and Matt has a wealth of information that we're super excited to share with all of you. So, Matt, I mean, I think it's no surprise that you've influenced thousands of professionals to learn more about physics, anatomy, muscles, challenge their thought process, learn more about range of motion, and help really, I mean, thousands really, build an amazing career for themselves, and you were a huge part of that influence. I already asked you this, but I want to know again, how the heck did you get into personal training and start your entire career? Well, it's interesting. I, uh, I got my degree in health and phys ed. I wrestled from age seven all the way through college, probably about age 12. I started getting injuries. Uh, and my mom started me getting massage for those injuries. And, uh, to add to what I didn't say before, my dad got my brother a weight set when he was like 15. Okay. And my cool. brother used it some, but he, I, I used the heck out of that weight set. And, you know, it. I was already stronger than most in wrestling, but this just helped me a lot. And the only thing I was good at through high school was wrestling and, and working out. So I got my health phys ed degree. My grandmother was a teacher. My mom was a teacher. So I thought I'd be a PE teacher and a wrestling coach. And... I didn't really like the high school level. The high school level was kind of rough. You know, it felt, it's weird. The high school level felt like babysitting and the elementary level felt like teaching. The elementary level felt like there was stuff you could put in the kids to actually change them. The high school kids, it felt like you were a cheerleader that was babysitting. You had to motivate them to do stuff that they should have been motivated on their own to do. So, uh, I got my health phys ed degree. I couldn't find an elementary PE teaching job. I don't know how it is in Canada, but I think the same lady that taught PE at my elementary school still teaches PE there now. <laughs> it's the same here. Like people get those jobs and they never leave. Yeah. And they also don't look like the healthiest people in the world either, which is weird, right? <laughs> Clipboard, box of donuts, whistle, throw the basketball out. Yeah. Not, uh, there are some good PE teachers out there, but... <laughs> That was my experience. So uh, I, I got a buddy of mine had the same degree and he was doing personal training at this community center. And uh, so I started doing personal training there and there was only like two or three of us that worked there. And I was making more three evenings a week than I was as a full-time teacher. And uh, at that same time, I was going through massage therapy school and I really liked the massage therapy piece. It was weird because when I went to massage school, I knew I needed a secondary job as a teacher uh, to supplement my income. So I thought massage would be that job. And I got to massage school and I realized I'd never thought about that I actually had to touch people. <laughs> I was like, oh, sh I'd only ever gotten massage before. I was like, oh, shoot, I got to touch people. So uh, I went to massage school, uh, got that done in a year and a half. I think it's three, six-month semesters that we do. 
And we really went through the body. It was interesting. The massage school I went, went to, we were moving from this uh, woo-woo-y, smudge the room, crystals, and that stuff's all great, but that just wasn't my route. And we really went to this science-based accredited program where we went through the whole body. We started with the lower body. First semester was lower body, upper body. Then third, second, or maybe first semester was lower body. Second semester was upper body. Third semester was trunk and spine and cervical spine. And I went back six, six months after I graduated. And that was really my first teaching gig was at the massage school. And I taught there for four years. And the pay at massage school isn't great. It's like 10 bucks an hour or something like that, or it was back then. But you got to take as many courses as you wanted. So I got to take all these courses. I took all these different connective tissue workshops and deep tissue workshops and sports massage and uh, trigger point therapy and myofascial release and it was interesting. The majority of it was just really hard smashing. Really hard random smashing is what it felt like. Like and, massage you know, smashing? Is that you mean? Yeah. Not <laughs> like jujitsu smashing. Right. But, you know, like what I think the majority of the courses that I took, and it'll probably piss off a massage therapist and they'll say, that wasn't my school. This was just my experience. So I'm not trying to upset anybody, but it was just deep, random, hard pushing. And what I realized over time is the more I understood the anatomy and where things were, the more consistent and better result that I got. So, and the more I understand how the body worked and the interrelationships of how things worked, the better things got. And uh, so it just put me on this path. Once I started taking courses at the massage place, uh, and you had asked me about how I got into all the RTS stuff. Well, at the same time, massage and RTS were always, or massage and personal training were always separate for me. I had, I, I did every combination of Mornings of personal training, evenings of massage. Uh, personal training, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, massage, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And some massage clients would be personal training clients. And some personal training clients would be massage clients. And some massage clients were only massage clients. And some personal training clients were only personal training clients. But it was a really good way to have a little bit of both of helping people with injuries and relax and uh, and also helping them with the strength piece in their body and staying fit and performance and all that stuff. So uh, it was it, it was really really cool. But my first, besides teaching PE, my first foray to teaching like anatomy, I taught in the third semester at the massage school where I really taught detailed trunk and spine and cervical spine anatomy, which I loved. Like it was scary when you went through it because you're pushing in the front of necks and sides of necks and there's all this stuff. And, uh, but what I realized is no one really, everybody had ideas of what they thought they were doing, but nobody really had a good idea of what the heck was going on in there. 
So I just kept taking courses. I just kept taking courses. And uh, I was working at the, at the community center doing personal training. And we had taken that program and built it up over time to from doing like 20 sessions a week to doing over 300 sessions a week. And it was, it was really, really cool. Um, and this girl that worked there, she started working there and she's watching me train people. And she'd come up to me after work. She'd be like, well, you know, you're doing bench press wrong and you do lap pull wrong and you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. I'm like, who the hell are you? Like, where do you get your information from? So she had given me these body part tapes that Tom Purvis had put together. And I don't know if he was still with NASM or he had just left NASM and that's how he put the body part tapes together. But I started watching these tapes. I was like, oh, wow, this is super cool. This is actually some really good detailed information about what's actually going on under the skin. And uh, I still even use that analogy that Tom used to use where when we first started lifting weights, we would just watch the weight go up and down. And then we watched our hands go up and down. And then we watched skin move, right? And then we actually started to visualize what's happening at the joints underneath. And uh, it was a really cool thing. But at that point, I had gotten married, gotten divorced, was living with my parents, had no money. And uh, I had watched all this, these RTS tapes, and I really wanted to do more. Well, he had put together a course in New York City. God, what was the name of those clubs? Forget what the name of the club was. Jacques could probably tell you what the name of the club was because I think Jacques put the course together. Okay. And so I took the train up to New York City. I got the manual early. I read the manual the whole way up, sat through class. You know, me as a student, I'm in the front row doing this all the time. Hand up, hand up. I think Purvis yelled at me at one point. He's like, you've asked enough questions, put your goddamn hand down. (laughs) And he would ask, is there any questions? I'd look around, nobody put their hand up. I'd be like, so it was cool. I went through that class. I went through the, so back then it was RTS lecture. It was RTS L and P lecture and practical. So I took the lecture and man, I came back and I was telling everybody, I was like, this is awesome. This is awesome. I got so like, that's one thing I get passionate about the stuff I like. I really get passionate about the stuff I like. And I might not be the smartest. I might not have the most information, but I'm pretty good at getting others excited either to learn or to explore or to go further than they currently are. So I think that's probably one of my biggest assets is my, my passion and my compassion. So um, I went back up and I took the practical course and uh, Purvis was starting or he had just started his resistance university And I think he had just changed it to RTS science. And he had the science, the upper, the lower, and chunk and spine. Or, dude, this is like over 20 years ago. So it's pretty crazy that I've been in Colorado since 2002. God, I took MAT the year before that. So that's... 20 years ago. 
and I'd been doing RTS for two or three years prior to that. So wow. uh, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the money to go to down to Oklahoma. And I talked to my parents about it. They got a credit card. They let me charge the credit card and I just started paying them back. I was living in their basement. I had no freaking money. I'm going down to Oklahoma and I'm thinking to myself, I was like, I got to figure out a way to do this and not have to pay. Just like uh, I did through massage school. Like right, I got to right. figure out a way to be a free student, you know? Yeah, no, of course. So, so <laughs> he took a group of, so I was going down there. I was taking those courses. I love that stuff. It just changed. It actually gave you something to think about. The body was always still the, the unknown, right? Everybody's different. Everybody responds to everything different. That was the unknown, but I was a good observer and I had some scientific data and that was cool. Like I still have my inertia sticks over here that Purvis gave me to teach RTS lecture and practical that I use with clients all the time. Yeah. Like I do this thing with clients when I'm trying to get them to realize that they're overdoing it or they're not paying attention as much as they could. And I always ask this question. I was like, what if I said the weight is not the only factor of the resistance when you lift weights? And they're like, what does that sound like to you? They're like, I don't, I don't know. And I have them hold the inertia sticks and they spin them. They're like, you know, you have them hold them. You have them go, yeah, five pounds, five pounds. And then they twist them and they go, that one's heavier. I'm like, wait a minute. You just told me they were five pounds. Yeah, but that one feels heavier. Yeah. Well, that's because it's two and a half pounds and it's moving pretty far. And the other five pounds is right under your hand. So it's virtually not moving. So I still use stuff like that with clients to educate them. And even though I'm not teaching in any formal uh, education program, I still feel like an educator because all the work you can do with someone, whether it's massage work I do on the table or whether it's exercise I do with my little freedom trainer out here and bands and all that stuff, the client could just come for that one session. But if I give them tools to think deeper about what it is they're trying to do or choosing to do, then I've made a lifelong change. And that's always the goal is to impact and affect people so that either they get more excited to take it further than I have or further than they have. Like you study your ass off, man. You've probably surpassed me in knowledge tenfold. But that's always the goal as a teacher is to have your students become your teachers. Like one of the first RTS lectures and practicals I taught, Charlie came and took it. And awesome. man, that guy is like a freaking, like to think that that guy ever took a course that I taught, there's no way I'm going to have a tenth of the knowledge that that guy has. But it doesn't mean that I can't be as good a teacher or a better teacher or a better motivator or... You know, that's what I've realized through this thing is you see these personal trainers that are knowledge less, right? But they're a good friend. They're a good motivator. They show up on time. 
and the clients like them. Yeah. I wish they had more knowledge. I wish they knew what they were doing. I wish they weren't doing things to put the client at risk, but that's not the only factor in keeping people consistent or motivating people to learn. So I was always pretty aware of where my level was at and how far I was going to take it. I always felt the most comfortable with the anatomy piece with bones, mechanics, structure. And that's where I think my, uh, my skill set was at. And it's fun. And I still use all that stuff with clients. I've really gotten into archery over the last nice. four, four years. And I work really, really closely with my archery coach. And I've taught him a lot about how the shoulder mechanics work. And we've dialed in what we think is going on when somebody does a bad archery shot, and a good archery shot. And he wants me to put an exercise program together for archers that we can do online. And uh, nice. it's, been, it's been super fun. But the best part is, is he's been able to problem solve and think through when somebody does have an injury with archery. Because he now understands the most important piece of equipment in archery, which is the body. <laughs> and an archery shot is just a one-handed push, one-handed pull exercise. That's all it is. And you're trying to be as reproducible as possible. The funny thing is, is all of the issues that we dealt with in the fitness industry I'm dealing with in the archery industry relative to exercise, it's just like 20 years delayed. Yeah. So absolutely. this whole mimicking exercises that look like an archery shot, I'm like, well, you know, that doesn't really work, right? You're trying to mimic and build strength with a skill-based thing. All you're going to do is mess up the skill. Of course. <laughs> but... Yeah. It's where the fitness industry is, right? or it's where the archery industry is right now. You know, they use the word functional and, you know, all the stuff that we dealt with over time, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great that you can take that and apply that. And I know you've, you've dived into many worlds, you mean wrestling and jujitsu and applying mechanics to all those worlds. I mean, the more you learn, and that's what I would say I love about the RTS information is however involved you are with it, the thought processes and what you learn about the forces, you can really apply that across many, many different worlds and apply it anywhere. I mean, that's how I turned my little drumming passion into drum mechanics or writing for a magazine is because I talked about yeah. the exact same stuff and they had no idea what I was talking about, it, but it blew their mind. So how awesome that you're applying it to the archery world, uh, something that you're passionate about. Yeah. The hard part is you have to, what you realize in your knowledge base when you take it to a different world, you almost have to spend a certain amount of time developing language and teaching people the basics because you start ripping through stuff and you're like, oh, you don't know what a moment arm is. You don't know what a close pack position. Oh, yeah. now we got to take a step back and we got to do all this base understanding and base learning, which has been fun again. And it's outside of the, it's outside of those people's area of expertise, which takes their defenses down and makes them more open to learn and it's been super fun so on that note i mean you're getting a ton of comments like someone mr paul trenner says a bloody marvelous teacher so he's a huge huge oh, cool. fan uh we got hey paul brad thorpe who's saying uh you're a legend we got rob hazowski saying what's up brandon what's up matt 
And then Sam Trot is saying big love to you. So you got a lot of love, man. You're getting lots well, of comments and fire. Legend just means I'm old. Ooh, no, that's vintage. Vintage. <laughs> You're legend. You got lots of well, epic. So uh, listen, you, I, said, you said something I am about a teaching. Year from, I am mean, a year from 50, though. But the good thing is you don't so, look it, which is the most important part. Yeah. And I don't, I don't uh, function like it either. Or like, my, I don't know what a 50-year-old is supposed to function like. But I can still hang with 25-year-olds at jujitsu, so it's pretty good. I'm doing okay. You're doing amazing. Now, you said something about teaching and your passion for teaching joints and anatomy. And I know you've gone on to do some amazing things. And, you know, there's something I would say for sure is you spoke about, like, when you teach, you have so much passion that you bring and it motivates people. But, I mean, I would softly argue that it's not that you motivate people. I've seen you do something that a lot of instructors don't do is you don't just motivate them. You get them excited to be committed to something. And that idea is, like, that they're so... They see the value of the information you share that even if they're not motivated to learn it, they spend the time learning the anatomy because they understand the responsibility of that information and how it'll influence their entire career, much like all these people who are commenting here. And I know that all of that uh, led you to become the instructor for the Muscle Activation Techniques Internship uh, in its infancy and really take that information. You were kind of like an, uh, a gatekeeper of sorts where you were the person who taught that program. You were flying all over the world, teaching all these different people. I mean, I remember one time you were telling me, I can't remember how many internships, but you were like every weekend you were on a plane. It seemed like, which was crazy. I was 35, probably between 30, 35 and 45 weekends a year. I was teaching. It was, it was a lot. It was hard on my family. Uh, I viewed it as worth it because I was, I was, I thought I was impacting people, you know, and, uh, it was fun. It was good. Uh, it was good for the time. And then there became a time where I just needed more time with my family. And there was two people that I needed to impact a lot. And you'll start to realize this as years get older, uh, that the only thing you have is time. Like that's all we have is time. Yeah. And, uh, I still have the same passion. I still teach as much. It's way easier in a one-on-one -on -one setting, like in here or with my kids or at the archery shop or wherever it is I am. And uh, yeah, it's really, really good. Life is way more simple now. Um, I'm a lot healthier. I'm a lot more balanced. And I took all that time that I put into my weekends and I just started new things for me that kept me healthy, kept me fit. What I realized about my journey is it, I'm way better at staying consistent with exercise if there's a purpose to it. Like I hike, me and my wife together walk three to five miles a day. Every day, first thing we do of the day. And there's a couple bonuses to that is I get fit, I like walking, and I get one-on-one -one time with my wife. And what you'll slowly realize, and this is a suggestion to you as a parent, do a date night. Do time where it's just the two of you. Because otherwise, what I see a lot, of, a lot of what happens with people is the kids leave the house and the two people look at each other and they're like, who are you? Because <laughs> yeah. they haven't spent any time together. So like, I love my kids. I love my family but I can't wait to have my wife to myself again too, you know, which is going to be a really, really cool thing. We got together as a couple and hopefully we'll go out as a couple. Um, so 
it's been fun. So what I've done on weekends is we hike. Next week, I'm taking the whole week off. Nice. The kids did their first two 14ers last summer. And uh, to push and motivate and challenge the hardest people to try to teach is the ones that you have these emotional this emotional baggage with, right? So climbing a 14er, it teaches me patience. It teaches me love. It teaches me compassion. Uh, sometimes I'm a total a-hole, you know, uh, <laughs> we've had a couple, we've had a couple complete meltdowns on the mountain, but it's super, super fun. And like both of my kids really, really picked up jujitsu this summer. And, uh, nice. I've never pushed, I've never pushed it as a sport, but, we do jujitsu because it keeps us healthy and it keeps us safe. And uh, both kids, four to five days a week this summer, are doing jujitsu. They've gotten better at jujitsu in the last four months than they have in the first five years of doing it. So it's Amazing. been super fun. It's fun. It's fun to see that growth. It's just a super delayed thing with kids. It's really delayed. It's pretty slow, uh, but it's definitely the most rewarding teaching relationship that you'll ever have. So I do, I liked all the teaching. I liked all the traveling. It's just a lot. It was yeah. a lot. And there wasn't a lot of build towards either my family or towards my financial security. So it was just after, after 12 years, it was time to leave. And I can't believe I've been at the muscle project. I just signed my third three-year lease so this is going on year number seven congratulations it's super simple nikki used to work here with me but she's not here anymore yeah but i don't know if we said this on this version yet but like i set this place up with really really low overhead yep. like i would love to have a gym i'd love to have five trainers i'd love to have a couple massage therapists but it's i managed a lot of people every weekend and it's just a lot yeah. It's a lot. And my extra energy, I want to put into the people that I'm responsible for, for being good people. And that's where I put my focus. You know, I do yeah. miss teaching. I do miss the weekends of people and that camaraderie and all that stuff. But there's sacrifices to that as well. So, of course. Uh, you know, you never know. I might put some anatomy courses together at some point. Uh, but, uh, Susan Gross Manchester yeah. says, Matt, by far one of my favorite instructors, your patience with your students is bar none. Thank you for being such an integral part of my education. So, I mean, you're talking about being a teacher. I mean, the one thing that I'm seeing here and I'm not surprised by, I mean, you were a pivotal part in so many people's education and challenging themselves to step outside their comfort zone. I do want to ask this one question. I mean, it's probably the one I do want. It's like the most important to me to ask you is, you did that for 12 years, running this program, teaching anatomy, teaching so many weekends all over the place. What was it like? Like, I know you're a great self-reflector and analyzing and reviewing so you can move forward and kind of grow. Reflecting back on being someone that was responsible, so to speak, for so many people to get started into a world of education, learning about whatever it is, but in this case, muscles and range of motion. And you were the sole person for such a long time. How was that self-reflecting on that? And and do you think you would do anything different if you went back to those 12 years? Um, you know, there's a couple of things that came from that. It was, it was fun while it was happening. The, the end of that relationship wasn't the best, right? And I think I got a little tainted 
by putting that much time and that much of myself into something that when it ended poorly, like it's nice to hear these comments and it's nice to hear this stuff. Uh, but when that was going poorly, almost nobody reached out and that made me feel like, like, why did I do this? But the challenge of that is when you teach something, what you got to realize is you're getting just as much out of the relationship as the other people are. And you can't, you can't be responsible for other people's part. And the challenge of getting better at anything is just compliance. You have to show up. Now, if you have a really good plan and you stay consistent, like the, the more skilled the practice is, the better you're going to get quicker. But the hardest part is just showing up. And I think a lot of people have a challenge with that. And if there's someone there that's going to ask them to how they did between now and last time, like, well, he's going to ask me how I did with all my practice and my study. So I better study. So, you know, tr but you, you also can't do that piece for people. Like I've had so many clients that I've helped enormously, but in the same sense, I've had just as many clients that come through the door and they don't do anything and they get zero result from what I do. And I wasn't the difference in that, those two experiences they were the difference in those two experiences. Yeah. So I think I've gotten better at, I get less hurt when others don't show up because I realize it's their journey and they might just not be ready. And I don't take any credit when they do do well because it's their journey. I just am over the ego part of it. Like ego is in everything, right? But I'm always going to be me. I cry at soap commercials. I get excited about an AC joint or a ACL or a rotational inertia, you know, but that's me. I get super excited about everything. I get super excited about a perfect archery shot. Like I'll start crying related to a perfect archery shot, but it's the time and consistency and it's the seeing people that are ready and then giving them the appropriate amount so that they can come back next time. Like I have one goal in my jujitsu journey. I've done a lot of competing in my life and I've done a lot of teaching and getting up in front of people. I, when I show up to a jujitsu practice or an open mat or whatever it is, right? Teaching with the kids class or whatever it is, the goal is never this session. The goal is this in this session, I need to be able to make it to the next session because that's where the value is. So I always just, okay, don't do too much today so you can't come back tomorrow, you know? And uh, I, like when I was listening back, when you asked me on, I went through and I started to listen to some of your interviews like with Charlie and with Jacques and with Purvis and with all those guys. And it was really interesting. Like I, I listening to those guys, I always pick up these little tidbits and Charlie was talking about his Lyme disease uh, study and how they kept people at that two range, right? It is yeah, perceived yeah. exertion chart. Well, this, the thing is when you're successful in something and you can highlight the successes, people are way more 
likely to stay consistent. But my whole idea of exercise and a lot of people's idea of exercise when they first start is we need to go to failure. Well, if every day I show up and I fail and then I can't do anything for three days, it seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. Now, I do have performance-based athletes that need to push themselves to their limits. But that's three guys out of 60 to 80 clients that I have. So getting people to realize like it's way more to do something that you can do every day than it is to do something. Now, I do see the value in grit. I do see the value in pushing yourself. I do see the value, like I love archery. I love hunting. I love a backpack hunt where I carry all my food in and you know, you're hungry one day and you eat more than you're supposed to. So you got to eat less for two or three days and you're suffering a little bit. You don't want to hike up the mountain after that elk. And like, I like the suffering. I like the grit part of that, yeah. but that, that can, We might have just that. There we are. My my daughter called, so hopefully she won't call back. <laughs> so let me send her a message. No problem. Uh, so that she doesn't call back. But Matt, I will uh, say, while you're doing that, I mean, I think that's so valuable to say. I mean, I think Charlie McMillan's peck scale with the people with limes is such a perfect example that 25% effort is enough for people to progress and consistently get stronger with a low amount. Yes. Five of the same exercises, super low effort. And so if you can translate that to your practice, which I mean, I know you do with the muscle project, I mean, that's absolutely amazing. So I mean... If you don't, I would love to ask you, I mean, with the muscle project, you've managed to juggle, like you alluded to earlier, this kind of extreme of, you know, UFC high level professional folks and concurrently very sensitive people that just want to keep picking up their grandkids. Um, how do you juggle that? And if you don't be asking on top of that, people look up to you from a business end too, because you really are an entrepreneur. Could you recommend anything for people who wanted to try and recreate a version of the muscle project? Well, this thing is just, have a daily practice. Like it's super easy to be easy for me to run my business because I have a set of uh, I have a set of spreadsheets that I use. When I see a client, I do session notes with them. I write down everything we do. I write down everything we talk about. I do my books every day as I'm finishing with clients. Right, so everything's just super standardized, really, really simple easy to do and low effort so that it's easy to do every day. The thing is don't sell yourself. I think this was the biggest mistake that I made through MAT or through some of the other education programs is selling myself as something other than myself. Everybody's an individual. Everybody wants to be treated as an individual. Be yourself and you'll either mesh with a person or you won't. And there's enough people that mesh with others that you're. it's going to take you time. But don't put any pressure on yourself to have to do a thing. Show up, do your thing. You'll get a group of people. And like even through the pandemic, I was probably 20% down. Like when the whole thing started, we shut down. You're not going to be able to touch people. You're not going to, you can't, you got to wear a mask. You got to do all this stuff. I freaked out, but 
I was never lower, even from the first month, never lower than 20% down. That's awesome. And really, the last two, three months is where I'm starting to get more referrals of clients back. People are feeling more comfortable. Like, I feel bad for you guys up in Canada where you guys are like, it's crazy to me. Just opening Still today. Still shut down. No, we just opened but today, had, but it's nuts. I've had clients right from the get-go. They're like, listen, I can't take a break from the work that we do. Will you come to my house? And like, it was funny because I freaked out. People that tell me they can't get jobs, when they shut us down, I got online and I had six jobs in like two hours. Now they were all 10, 15 bucks an hour. Sure. But I had jobs. Like you can find a job. You just can't find what you want. <laughs> right, right. For sure. You know? So, uh, so it, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like be passionate, find your specialty and don't sell yourself as something that isn't you. Like, to sell myself as an MAT therapist. Well, I'm a massage therapist. I'm a personal trainer. I'm an educator that had the skill of MAT, that had the yeah. skill of connective tissue work. But to think that the connective tissue work, the being a parent, the being a wrestler, the being a jujitsu practitioner, the being a coach, the being a teammate, that all of that doesn't play into the service that I'm offering you, it's ridiculous. I'm underselling myself. Plus two, if the relationship ever goes bad, you're screwed. Yeah. You're screwed. So this the thing is, all of these educators out there, they're adding to your tool set, but you are still a you. And sell yourself as the uniqueness of you. And when we first start out, we mimic others. We mimic others and we want to be like them. And I see a lot of people do that with the instructors that they have. They want to be like this guy. They want to be like that guy. Well, don't be like that guy. Be like you. Yeah. And just do you. Like there's not many people that get up there and cry about a vastus lateralis, right? And some people are like, oh, he's a pussy. Or, oh, I can't believe he does that. But I don't know. For me, it works for me. And to tell you the truth, I don't really give a shit what anybody else thinks, you know? We yeah. kind of do a little bit. But the people that walk through my door and want to work with me, they like me, they understand me, and they want to work with me. So we just, we develop these relationships. And one of my first clients that I had when I moved here, I've been working with this lady. I've been with her longer than I've been with my wife, longer than I've been in any other relationship in my life. And we've been together 19 years. And she comes in every other week. We work together. She does all of her stuff on her own. I know what she does. She knows what I do. She knows where I stand on stuff. And you know, we got this great relationship and I think we downplay the value of being a good relationship, being good in relationships or that I need to have the power in the relationship or I need to be the knowledgeable one or I need to be the one that's giving and, you know, and it's just like, just be you. And if, if they show up, they show up. And if they don't, they don't. Well, I think that's one of the most marvelous things about you. And I mean, admittedly, like you just said, openly, I tried to be like Peter for a long time. And then I tried to be like Tom for a long time. And I started teaching when I was 24. So I'm this young kid and I'm like looking up to these people who are doing great. And I tried to emulate them. I tried to emulate you a little bit. But in reality, it's the last few years for me personally to exactly what you just said that I encourage everyone to do is be themselves. And that's why I love this interview series, because ultimately, you know, Muscle Project, 
M-A-T, R-T-S, those are all cool, but your story, Matt, of like who you are, how you ended up where you are, your actual genuine story and your genuine self tells so much more than the banners you carry behind you. It really is you that I love. Well, that's what I like about the name of the Muscle Project, right? My entire life has been this project based around muscles, from my health and fitness degree to my massage work to uh, to wrestling. to And this thing is, it's my project. Yeah. And everybody else is a project. And they have their own project. And this thing is, I can be a... Uh, I can be an ally on your team and a professional that helps you, but it's still your project and I can't do your project for you. And if I create a dependent relationship where you can only get that thing from me, then I've done you a disservice, right? If I educate you along the way, you know how to take time off for recovery or things that you can do or eat better, use the sauna or all these different things that I, you know, the work that I do with you is helpful, but I've given you a permanent tool where hopefully in the long run, it's just a seeker of more information and more knowledge and trying to better yourself and grow. And I think once we stop doing that, or once we think, Oh, I figured it out or I'm there, it gets boring or it gets old or you're done or, you know, and I'm never done. Like that's one of the things I picked up this, this uh, sport of hunting, right? And I call it a sport because there's so many aspects to it from the fitness piece to the shooting archery to the mechanics to the keeping yourself healthy to recovering to learning how to dissect an animal to, um, you know, I always said when we were doing cadaver dissection, it'd be really cool to take apart like something that was fresh and a bear looks exactly like a human. Biceps, triceps, scapula's way bigger, quads are tiny, hamstrings are huge, calves are tiny, forearms are massive, but it was really cool. Like people are like, have you ever taken an animal apart? I'm like, no, but I've taken a couple of humans apart and it freaks them out because <laughs> they're like, what? But yeah, it's just putting this stuff all together and then uh, staying passionate about what you do and being yourself and continue to press progress forward and finding things that are new to keep yourself excited. You Matt, know? I think that's a perfect place to put a pin in this because you, you just have, you have so much wisdom and so much experience. And I think the thing that I absolutely love you about you is that it's not the certifications, not the education. It's not the things you do necessarily that have really motivated people. It's who you are and how you deliver the message of making people think about things differently and giving them the information for them to challenge themselves. And I think that's what I love about seeing all these people comment is no one saying certifications. It's not about banners. It's not about the thing. It's about yeah. you and how you as a teacher have really revolutionized their worlds. So they can go on to, I mean, the people that I'm all looking at here are business owners, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So I would like to, if, if no one hasn't said this to you, I want to say personally, thank you for your time and everything you do in this industry and have done and openly will continue to do because really all these people, including myself and including my entire facility, you're at the providence of that. And it's really not M-A-T-R-T-S, the muscle project. What is the muscle project? But it's really Matt Bernier and who you are. That's been that amazing piece. So thank you, really. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. But you doing what you do and, and progressing the way you progress is thank you enough. I got so one just last keep question. You. Sure. What is the next course that we can expect from Matt Bernier? Hmm. 
<laughs> I knew that was going to be. I, all I got is anatomy, brother. That's all I got. So, some related to anatomy. We just got to find somebody that wants to host it or wants to put it together. And uh, I got no problem showing up. If you're watching this live or you're listening to this in the future, Matt Bernier will come to you and teach the best anatomy course that you've ever had. So please reach out to The Muscle Project, Matt Bernier, and he will teach you anatomy like you've never seen. And if you have seen it through MAT, it's a next level anatomy course. You're going to have to take it. Matt, thank you so unless much for your time. You're in, unless you're in Canada and you can't get across the border. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. But I'll tell you, we'll do another live stream for that. <laughs> Sounds good, brother. All right, Matt. Thank you so much, man. It was great seeing you. Have a good one.